So, uh, Megan, Chris, Chris Laughlin, uh, here talking about fitness stuff. Yeah. Uh, you doing okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. We're getting the gym back and rolling. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's been a pretty crazy transition, but it's working. People are training, so can't complain. To the new gym? Mm-hmm. How far away is it? From? The old gym. Oh, uh, few miles yeah yeah yeah, it's pretty close i grew up in granberry mm-hmm. and i was driving over here and i saw mccart because we exited mccart off 20 yeah and that was like the thrift store oh yeah growing up i know it's still like the thrift store <laughs> if there's like a cool thrift store it's not it's yeah. that one yeah, and yeah. i i was like man i'm all i'm closer to, to well every time i guess we come to fort worth i'm like closer to my dad's house than i in my house so i yeah. just feel like i should go over there but i don't i never do you should mm. No, nah, you don't okay. need to. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's gonna come to our house this weekend to help me build a fence. That sounds. That doesn't sound fun. Do you uh, you own your house? I do. Have you ever gotten your fence replaced? No, we haven't. Luckily, that was replaced right before we moved in. So our dogs have destroyed it. So I've had to clean it, and fix it a few times. But no, have not had to replace a fence. We repaired our fence right after yeah. we moved in, and it was like eight hundred bucks to repair it. And I got this notion. That it would be to replace about thirty five hundred dollars. Like you just decided that was the price. I have no idea where I got that number okay. from. Yeah. Like I have no <laughs> idea where I made that up. I have no idea where I decided that number. Yeah. I decided the fence would be about thirty five hundred bucks to replace. We're talking about one hundred fifty feet of fence, including our neighbors, mm-hmm. the one that shares. And um, it's 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 in rough shape, and I knew it was in rough shape. The only reason we had it repaired previously is because it was leaning into the alley. Like yeah, like, yeah, like, like a wave. Pretty, like you can walk it. <laughs> and we're like, okay. <laughs> so we had it repaired. It's normal, but it's like just looks awful. Like everybody else in our neighborhood has like stained fences with metal posts. And ours looks like. Yeah, it's time to upgrade. It's you, like, can't be, you can't be that fence in the neighborhood. Right. You know? So I was like, oh, we, well, I, I drove up the other day and I noticed some pickets were falling in. And we have like little dogs. And I'm like, and one yeah. of our dogs was like, he's going to escape. And I was like, if the dog escapes because I'm cheap, I'll never forgive myself. So I got a bunch of quotes on new fences. Do you know much new fences? I'm guessing it's not thirty five hundred. <laughs> uh, the lowest quote was seventy five hundred, upwards of eighty five hundred, nine thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, everything. We're talking about a qu- like a quarter acre. There's here. so many people that that talk to me about how nice it is to like own your home and it is nice to have your own home. But when things like that happen, it is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Yeah. Here, other side, side story. This was literally two nights ago. I come home and it's about, uh, seven 30, eight o'clock at night. And Robin yells from the hallway that our ceiling is leaking, dripping water, just yep. water falling down. And I have to... Two-story house? No, one-story house. Okay. So, and our AC unit, you know, sits in the attic. Yep. And it's like right over that. Yep. And so I'm like, something's got to be with the AC unit. I go up there, the whole drip pan has like f- broken and fallen at an angle and was just pouring out water. And so then I'm up there shoveling mm. water into a mm. bucket, taking it up and down into the attic, tossing it. This is all happening at like 8.30 at night. And that's just like owning a home. That's oh, just yeah. like That's just like, that's the shit that just happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
last time that happened to our house, I gutted the bathroom. It was above the bathroom. I, yeah, yeah. It was. It was literally. <laughs> I remember that? Yeah. It was literally like, the same. Yeah. It was the same exact same scenario. Yeah. I just got so mad. I was like, I'm just pulling. You just started <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now we're building. We're. I did the math on how much the materials were for the fence. And they're like nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So, you know, it makes sense. And I was like, it. I mean, that's why I ended up. I mean, I do so many of my own projects because of that, and it. But it is a beat down. I f sometimes I feel like I leave the gym and then I work on the house. I leave the gym and I work on the house, but it's so much cheaper. Yeah. So I can't, I, I yeah. half the time I can't be like, I'm not going to pay somebody to go do that. When sometimes I know it's that worth I, it. There, now, there are projects that I figured out are totally worth it. Yeah. And I'm not going to mess with it. And I'm going to have somebody come in and do it. Uh, one of those is drywall. I'm like, forget no. it. I'm not doing yep. drywall. It's, I'm going to have somebody well, come if, in and do that. If, it, if I do a bad job... Yeah. It looks awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is you can see other areas in my house where the drywall isn't perfect because I have a really old house, but the the spot in the house that my wife will always notice is the the areas that stand out that I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be just as bad as the other wall. Yeah. But since I did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's and also, I didn't do a great job, so to, to her defense, uh, we should have just had somebody do it. Yeah, drywall's not expensive. It's not expensive. Yeah. And, you know, no, and having that done, that's it's yeah. totally worth it. And, and they do a really good job. They do. Yeah. So yeah, we'll so talk all things fitness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday I was doing, like, snatches, and then I was, like, go help Vicky with the drill, and then, like, do cleans, and then, like, go help Vicky with the Yeah. Yeah. Posts. So that, that, that brings me to the question, like, you primarily work out at your house. Now, yeah. Yeah, and I have always had a really hard time training from home. It's It was hard. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. Have you figured out, like, a system for it? Because to me, it's almost like trying to, me trying to train at my own gym. We were just talking yeah. about that before we kind of started everything. Yeah. And how hard it is because there's always things to do. There's always something going on, you know, and, and when I'm at the home, I always felt like it was the same thing. There's always other things I could be doing. There's always other stuff. Yeah. And when I'm at the house, I'm at the house. I'm not there to to work and I'm not there to work out. So yeah. it always kind of became hard for me to train in my own garage. Yeah, compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. Have you kind of found that balance yet? I mean, obviously being able to run back and forth uh, between drilling <laughs> and uh, snatching. <laughs> it's also because I'm so neurotic <laughs> and I'm like, no, not that way. Like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't let Robin yeah. do projects. I'm like, here, try on your own and I'll and let me know when you get stuck. Yeah, yeah. There's certain <laughs> things where Robin's like, if you just show me how to do it, I no, was like, no. it'll take just as long for me to show you how to do it <laughs> <laughs> than for me to just do it. She's like, yeah, but you're doing that other thing. I was like, yeah, but the other thing is it's going to take me twice as long as if I have to redo it. Yeah. So I'm so glad you, you know. can empathize with that because it's... Yeah. So I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, I think I think she uses it though to sometimes like trick me though. She's like, "Oh, I'll just do this project," and then she knows that that means I'm just gonna like get up off my butt and do it. And so she'll be like, "I'll do this project," and I'll be like, "No, no, no, it's fine. I'll do it." So because it's, it's something that she's been wanting me to do. Yeah, I think sometimes Vic's like, "I'm getting the drill." <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She, exactly. She and then you start being like, "What are you about to do?" Yeah, yeah. She likes to be like, "Okay, I got the drill out. Now what?" Yeah. And then now I'm, I'm like, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to explain this whole thing. Yeah. Just let me do yeah. it. I yeah, it. yeah. So I, I, I built my home gym, mm -hmm. which at the beginning of quarantine garnered me a lot of attention. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it did. And uh, but I built it. I built it years ago, and I've yeah. had it this whole time. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't training there. 
I was training at your gym or training at my friend's CrossFit gyms or training just sort of wherever was convenient, paying memberships at random gyms, you know, just to have a place to train, even though I had this gym at home. And then coronavirus came, everything shut down, and and none of those were options. Mm -hmm. And I wrestled with it for a while. I actually started training at home before the gyms closed in Texas, Mm. a couple of weeks before, because I was like, look, what do I do? And I, I had, I wrestled with it and wrestled with it. And I was like, if I don't have to go to the gym, it seems incredibly selfish to be like, well, I really like the vibe here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I had everything at home. For sure. So I started training at home. And originally I was training in the, I was doing like intensity in the morning and I was doing like mobility at night. Mm-hmm. And then I, s- I got some like tendonitis in my knees. And so when I would wake up, my knees were just too stiff to, yeah. do, to go heavy. Um, and so then I started doing mobility in the morning for an hour and a half or two hours. And um, and uh, then I would go to work. Cause I only worked 12 to 5. Mm-hmm. And then I would come home. And Vicky would work out with me in the beginning. And that was highly motivating, right? Yeah, Because you sure. don't really have to psych yourself up. And then she kind of started doing her own thing. And I would be like, can you just work out? while I'm in the garage. Like, you work yeah, out yeah, while I... Yeah, we're work out at the same time. Right, 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 right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, you do your thing over there. I don't care what you're doing. But, like, I will be over here. That way, I'm not here alone. Yeah. Which is probably, you know... N- and now I'm a lot better. Yeah. Um, like, I'll go... Like, t- this morning, I went out in the gym to do monostructural work alone. Um, and I think I have enough of a routine. That's good, yeah. But I think it was also being like, hey, I'm super unmotivated out here alone. Mm-hmm. Would you mind? Because she's working from home, too. Yeah. So I'm like, is it cool if you just, like, bring your computer just out here? Just hang out, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, bring yeah. your computer it out. It makes a big difference. Yes. makes a big, big difference. Like, yes. Like, even if there's, you know, I've talked about that in the gym. Like, there might be some hours where there's really not anything going on. I'm like, okay, this is when I could be working out. But it's, n- uh, it, the the yeah, you just want that energy of other people being around. And so then it almost helps me if one person comes in and trains. I'll be like, okay, I'm... I'm going to do my own thing, but I'm going to train while you're training. And all of a sudden, it's just a little bit easier to get that motivation. And I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's interesting, though. I kind of have a feeling that a lot of people have figured out during this quarantine that they can train, you know, either on their own or in their garage and things like that. And, uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot more, like, remote stuff going on and people training from their house. I mean, I've had some people already who still haven't come back to the gym. You know, they set up their garage, and they've been training, and they continue to train. They're still in the program, but they haven't come back to the gym because they've kind of figured it out at, at this right. point. Where earlier, you didn't have to figure it out. Right. You know, you, you just you got off the work, you went to the gym, then you went home, and then, and then eventually it was like, okay, now we have to figure out how we can motivate ourselves and train at home. And then I think a lot of people have just figured it out, and they're like, you know, this is really a, a good option for me. I don't. But have also saves so much time. Yeah, I don't have to spend the time traveling to the gym and traveling mm-hmm. back. I can get my workout in, and then instantly be, you know, with my family or whatever's going on, ready for dinner at this time instead of this time. Right. So before I would go to Big D after work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to leave Big D by 8.30, otherwise I'm not going to get home till 9, and I still have to eat dinner. And yeah. now it's like, you have that extra time. Yeah. Like, I can train till 9, yeah. I can train till 9.30, you know, just let me know if there's food or whatever, and you can allow yourself more 
time. Yeah. And if you're a busy person and you're somebody who also, you know, prioritizes working out, um, that does fill a big part of your day. So you're working and then you're also working out that fills a lot of your day. And so to find those like extra 30 minutes here and there, it's like really valuable. Like, yeah, like my, yeah, yeah. Minimum. I mean, my wife, there's such a huge difference between me coming home at seven as opposed to seven thirty. Mm-hmm. you know, like she's like, Oh, this is so much nicer. We get to eat a little bit earlier. We get to spend a little bit more time together. So yeah, being able to carve out those extra times, I think a lot of people are kind of finding the value in that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, and also I think people really like routine. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, since it's been since March, everyone sort of has a new routine mm-hmm. that now it's like everyone gets a little bit anxious to change their routine, no matter oh how yeah, kind of, sure. no matter how chill you are. Yeah. And I think it's like then being like, well, what does this mean? And what is that? What am I going to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you sort of just eliminate that anxiety by just continuing to do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, the quarantine was really a, a weird time frame because it wasn't short enough to where you could just uh, you know, get off your routine, but then like be ready to get right back on it. Right. It was long enough to where you created a new routine. Yep. Yeah. And so now, you know, even as things start to reopen, uh, you know, a lot of people are still on that routine that they created. Yeah. And we've seen it like my first week opening up, um, you know, we had a much fewer people, probably half of what I have even this week. So it's even taking like people kind of like restructuring their routines a lot of them, I think it's, you know, them getting back to work and stuff like that has been a big part of it. Because um, once they get back to work, they're like, okay, I'm going to get back to the old routine. But there's still a lot of people who aren't working right now. Yeah, Vic's still teleworking. Yeah. I, I work at uh, the government, and our building is still teleworking till th- we'll have July 4th, yeah. whatever weekend that is. And then yeah. that Monday, people are coming mm. back, which is still a, a while yeah. from now. Yeah, you got like another month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, everyone's talking about whether or not they're allowed to continue working from home if their job doesn't require them coming in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was helpful for me um, during that whole time because Robin was still going to work. Mm -hmm. So she still had her old routine. And so she'd get off of work and she'd be like, uh, you know, I want to work out at this time. So then that really helped me because I was like, okay, I got to be ready to be able to work out at this time. So it kind of helped me that she had a routine that whole time. Um, and that it stayed pretty close to like what we were doing. Um, but for me, like as soon as I had all of this time to work on programming and restructuring program, this is some stuff that I was talking to a couple other coaches about is it was nice to have this extra time because, you know, as a gym owner, Mm um, you know, you're not only uh, writing programming, but you're on the floor coaching yep. and you're also the janitor and you're also yep. the accountant. And so you're, yep. you're paying the bills. So you're doing all this work. And so you only have these carved out amounts of time yep. when you can work on stuff. And, um, and so we kind of had this conversation on how nice it was to free up some of this time where we would normally be spending time on the floor coaching athletes, um, you know, now it's with being everything on remote, I'd be like, okay, these couple hours I'll tune in and we'll respond to all this kind of stuff. But then I had all this extra time where I'm like, okay, now what do I want to do with the gym when we get back? What mm-hmm. do I want to do with our programs? What things do I have time to sit down and change and adjust? And what can I add to the gym that I just didn't have time to do when I'm at the gym running full time? And, uh, 
And I'm glad that I took that time to restructure the programming and to implement some things that I didn't do in the past as far as like producing content because now that I have that, all that stuff figured out and I'm back in the gym now and I'm back to being like, wow, I've got very little windows of time. Yeah. Um, I was able to spend that time laying those things out to where now I can manage it for a while again. Yeah. How do you think, because weightlifting and CrossFit, I think, are similar but different, but how do you think that the landscape is going to change moving forward? Like, what do you think about what happened over the past few months is going to stick a year from now? Like, what will still be? Um, so, I think there's, like, a few things. Um, something that I've noticed on just the, uh, like, more on, like, the weightlifting side is um, something like this quarantine happened and people really a lot of people couldn't just weight lift right and so they started doing a lot more crossfit a lot more mm-hmm. gpp a lot more fitness and that kind of stuff and so uh instantly so ruben was saying yeah he's yeah, doing yeah exactly now. so he's he's back to doing a lot of crossfit right now and he said we're going to take a break from weightlifting. and but it was it was also cool because a lot of people kind of found that you know realized hey these are some things that i really enjoy doing mm-hmm. and so um Luckily, I also have a background in CrossFit and, you know, uh, strength and conditioning and stuff like that. And so for me, it just started making me think um, we need more things to offer than than just weightlifting as well. And so, um, you know, do people want some off-season GPP CrossFit training? Yeah. Do people want to, uh, you know, be doing a 50-50, uh, you know, kind of strength uh, weightlifting program plus GPP? And uh, so I think seeing that a lot more people were, were getting into different forms of exercise and then also really enjoying that. Yeah. And then, but the gym owners or the coaches that don't tap into that, I think are going to have issues. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I also think a lot more people are going to continue to train from home. I think remote coaching and online coaching is going to be uh, probably the way gyms are going to be able to build their, uh, their businesses. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big future. I think there's going to be a lot of people that realize that they can set up a pretty good home at, you know, a gym at their home. Yeah. And uh, I think programming is going to be like where a gym owner can really make their business. And so again, talking to like Camargo yesterday was like how, very few coaches out there are able to do just running a gym. Oh, brick and mortar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are either plugged in with others or they have another job plus their coaching and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and so it was like, how do we tap into like enough people to sustain a full time living as a coach? Right. And uh, and I think just like the remote and the online training is to, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a remote CrossFit coach that I pay, and, you know, he sees me maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I upload videos to YouTube periodically, or he sees what I do on Instagram. But I pay primarily just for, for programming. Yeah. Competition prep. and uh, Yeah, that's and so that was, for me, for a long time, I had, like, hesitations on all that and uh, on unless somebody was already, you know, pretty good at weightlifting and exercising and all that. So if somebody wasn't a beginner, 
I was like, yeah, that's no problem. I can give you some programming, give you some feedback. You can go and kind of work on it on your own, and we can check in from time to time. And so somebody like you, like that works pretty well. You don't have to have somebody watching every single rep, every single pull-up you do or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing was trying to now be like, all right, is there a way that I can figure out um, how I could train a beginner mm-hmm. or somebody who's never done a snatch before? Can I train them online? Can I train them remotely and get them proficient at doing snatch and clean and jerk? And, uh, and so that's kind of like my challenge to myself right now yeah. is to try to pick up somebody from scratch and see if that's something uh, that I can do. And I, I think that it can be done. Um, it might not be the fastest way or the most ideal way, right. but I think it can be done. And I think being able to figure out those things where people can learn new skills and exercise and do all that, no matter what level they're at, um, I think learning to do that online is going to be the next big step because that's why people go to gyms usually. Right. Outside of like the socializing. But if you're a beginner, you're like, I don't want to just show up at a gym and not know what I'm doing. Oh, like to a specialty gym. Yeah. Like yeah, the reason yeah. they come here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so, um, or, or anybody just like exercising. If somebody yeah. is like, I've never exercised before, I don't want to just show up and look like an idiot. You know, yeah. they're like, I'm going to get somebody who shows me what to do, make sure I'm doing the technique right and all that You'd kind of hope. stuff. You'd hope. You'd hope. Right. You'd hope. But then the other, th- the other option for those people is they're like, well, I'm going to start working out at home first before I go to a gym because I also don't want to look bad in front of other people. And so can we provide something to get them like, you know, a, a base for them before they feel comfortable coming in as well, as opposed yeah. to just, you know, them having to try to go through this awkward phase of being like, I have to, you know, I feel like I'm all over the place, but then, you know, here's somebody down at the end of the platform, you know, snatching, you know, two times my body weight. Yeah. And it's a, and they're the lightest weight class female, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you, are you, uh, have you heard of Reddit? Yeah. Are you active on Reddit? I'm not active on Reddit. Okay. I mean, there's, I'm so bad about the, the online like forums and yeah. outlets. I, I pretend to be very cool. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, not good. well, yeah. but I'm incredibly nerdy, like to my <laughs> core. And I love Reddit. And if you peruse the weightlifting subreddit yeah. for a, a minute or two, you'll realize what the beginner perception is of the sport of weightlifting. Mm. And people just submit form check after form check after form yeah. check on on weight on the weightlifting subreddit. And they're like, hey, I've been watching some Catalyst videos. think I got it. What you guys think? And then they just get ripped into? Yeah, <laughs> poor, poor Kelly. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I I saw Kelly post her split snatch and they tore her up and I was oh like I sent her a private message and I was like don't listen to them don't listen to them most of them can't even lift but but not necessarily saying that that's a good forum or yeah, yeah. A, a substitute for coaching but most of those people are literally watching you there's a huge pool of people watching online catalyst videos yeah. getting whatever online program. Mm-hmm. And just doing it at LA Fitness, doing yeah, it for at sure. 24-Hour Fitness, doing it in their garage, doing their basement, just submitting form checks yeah. on weightlifting. <laughs> and I mean, that's the, you know, and like those people, should they be getting a coach? Absolutely. Yeah. But like, is there like this middle ground, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Between, you know, an elite level athlete and somebody submitting a form check video from their basement. Well, I probably, I, more yeah. people that sign up for my program and like come in and train with mm-hmm. me 
are people that have done that for a while. Right. And then they're like, okay, I've kind of done as much as I can do on my own. Right. Now I'm going to make sure that I get in front of a coach mm-hmm. that I can that I can train with on a regular basis. So I got nothing against that because really that's that's one of the avenues that right. filters into a gym. Mm-hmm. Is they're like, I've done as much as I can on posting on Reddit my lifts and I'm not getting any better. Um, I might have to Weird. go, I might have to go see a coach now, yeah. you know, so whatever gets them into the sport, you know, is, you know, I, I've got nothing against anything that puts a barbell in somebody's hands, even if it's them watching some videos online and being like, this is cool. I want to try it out because eventually uh, that a lot of times that leads them to a coach in a gym. Yeah. Well, eventually, right. Like that's yeah. what happened. I feel like this is what happened with CrossFit a while ago. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a long time, the sport of weightlifting, like, was CrossFitters that didn't want to do cardio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like some of that's fallen off. Mm-hmm. And so the other question is, like, do you think that weightlifting has plateaued? Because w- th- we saw this huge boom. I yeah. I wouldn't even say, I would say, like, okay, within the past two years, I've seen a lot of the CrossFitters fall off. Like, yeah. used to, we'd go to finals, and t- all the regionals athletes were at finals. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think that's the case. Like there's yeah. no CrossFitters there unless they're now they've transitioned to weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think we also thought that we would have more um, elite CrossFitters transition to weightlifting when they retired. And that also didn't happen. They just get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just well, get pregnant the, or they go and they do like, you know, they just keep doing CrossFit for fun and yeah. they just don't compete anymore or, you know, they they just move on with their life. And so. I think there's probably enough weightlifting and CrossFit to where they're also maybe just burn out of weightlifting as well. Or hurt. Um, or, or hurt or injured, yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, so I, I, we didn't, re- I don't think we really got the pull of like high level CrossFitters. Like, you know, and I kind of thought when regionals went away that we would get more people that were just training for regionals switch over to uh, weightlifting. I thought we, And we didn't see a big uptick mm-hmm. on that. No. And uh, I, I don't know, like I've got nothing you know, nothing to back up saying that maybe weightlifting is plateaued. Um, it's definitely not, it definitely doesn't have the same momentum it had when uh, CrossFit was really increasing. Because right. nothing put, n- nothing taught more people snatch and clean and jerk than CrossFit. Like that put a barbell in more people's hands than anything. Absolutely. So, so a lot of people realized that they enjoyed that and then that really fed into weightlifting really well. But um, so I, I, I would definitely say it slowed down. I don't know if it's plateaued. I think um, I do know that there's now a big push in uh, weightlifting and USA Weightlifting to start reaching out and building uh, school programs yeah, and college programs. I was gonna say kids and stuff like that, and uh, and start trying to make it more, uh, maybe a little bit more of a mainstream sport for kids, yeah, for kids or, and or teenagers, youth. So for youth, yeah. juniors, um, and then uh, we're also really pushing to try to make it something where. Uh, you know, really develop some varsity college programs. Um, that's been, a, I mean, that's a really slow process, but it's it's in the process. And so it seems like a lot of what uh, USAW is doing right now is trying to kind of drive into that area um, because, you know, we're not, weightlifting's not always going to have something like CrossFit come around and, and all of a sudden jump our numbers up. Like, we're going to have to figure out how to pull people into our sport our own way, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's kind of the next target. Um, so I don't know if that's helping right now. I mean, I'm not, I don't really have much of a youth program. I mean, we've got, uh, 
you know, Mary and Jake who have worked with the, uh, you know, some of the youth stuff out in like the, the Dallas area. But I mean, like me on site, I mean, I just don't have time to be trying to like run a youth program. So I don't know if that is increasing a whole lot. But um, I would definitely say, yeah, it's, it's slowed down a lot. Um, but as far as like my numbers, they haven't like dropped. Oh, well, maybe coronavirus. Well, yeah, Lost I mean, that impacted, but, that but impacted But not necessarily, everybody. like, that as was, a... Yeah, that, I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> circumstantial. Like, yeah, as as far as, like, people, like, in, being involved in weightlifting, and even after the coronavirus was, like, done and I opened up the gym again, uh, within the last, like, two weeks, I've already signed up, like, four new people. Yeah. So, so like, it's almost some of the people we're losing, we're already kind of getting back to. So I think uh, at least the same amount of people are still kind of interested, at least on my end of it. Um, but I would be interested to see what the numbers have looked like over the years. I don't know. I, well, yeah. the, I guess Phil tracks USAW memberships, like active memberships. Yeah. Um, I will say that I thought that the memberships, there was one point that he posted them, and I could not tell you how many they were. Um, but I will say that I thought there were a lot more memberships than there actually are. Mm, I believe that, too. I thought the numbers were a lot higher. I believe that. Yeah, but they they weren't they weren't as high as I thought. Uh, I was watching a... Z- z- I'm Zach T. Lander video. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't really watch his videos. Yeah, I, I haven't. I really don't have an opinion either way. I, I know Zach um, because you know he's Texas weightlifting, yeah. and uh, you know I s- uh, interacted with him multiple times. He's come and lifted at our meets and stuff like that. I haven't really watched any of his videos or really know much about what he is, uh, his content is though. Well, he had a video about CrossFit and weightlifting, yeah. which sparked my interest, <laughs> and I yeah, watched it and saw that, and. Um, I I have seen a ton of Globo gyms installing platforms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So installing the, you know, functional fitness rooms and right. putting in the platforms. Right. And yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think USAW as a sport doesn't necessarily, like those people are not likely to become Olympians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Versus a youth program like... In China, like those kids start as kids, yeah. Or in yeah U- Ukraine and Russia, like those people start as kids. Yeah, that's one thing that we're definitely kind of lacking a little bit on. Um, that uh, you know, a lot of the other countries have a program that starts out from a really young age, right? And and, so, and that's. That's ideal because what you can do is you can teach a kid really good technique. Yeah. And then once they start, you know, hitting puberty and stuff like that, you just start getting them strong. Yep. You know, so where we have to try to teach people how to get strong and technique at the same time. Right. You know, and then we also just don't have the years or you of get being football players who are really strong and now you're trying to like remobilize them. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, the people that can be at that level a lot of times have done other sports because there's you know right. more opportunities in that kind of stuff so we just haven't been able to like really tap into that and then um but part of what's you know everybody also talks about the the drugs that are, you know go on in other countries and stuff like that and and obviously that is a, a big part of it and can be a big part of it but on top of that you also have to look at it on if you've been squatting for like say let's say we have just a senior athlete that i've had for six years mm-hmm. And they're doing really well, you know, and we're starting to get to international stuff. But their experience is six years long mm-hmm. of like, strength training. 
you you think of somebody who started it really really young and they start squatting at that like it makes sense how some of these athletes can get to a 300 kilo squat you know because you're like look at how long they've been doing look at how long they've been able to progress a, a few kilos this year a few kilos this year mm-hmm. a few kilos this year when you start adding up you know 3 kilos a year over the span of two decades i mean you're you're looking at you know 60 kilos put on a lift you know so i mean that's an exaggerated example but you know what i mean like yeah. their their progress might not be that much different than a usa athlete but right. their progress has just been going on much longer than a lot of the usa athletes yeah i mean we usa weightlifting is sort of relying on you know athletes transitioning from crossfit and by then yeah. they're an adult. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I would also like to see the number of, I, I bet you when there was a huge uptick yeah. in numbers, I guarantee you like 90% of that were people that were probably over 20 years old. R- adults, yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I think if we're really, and, and the, our, our best contenders right now for, um, you know, we've got some older athletes in weightlifting that are doing really well on the international circuit. But, uh, you know, some of our best lifters are ones that started out as youths or juniors and have worked their way up. Oh, CJ, Harrison. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, so but I don't know about the girls. Yeah, the girls definitely. Now, there are a lot of the girls that have also been in the sport for a long time. So you can give them the fact that they have years. And, yeah. uh, and I think they're very resilient. And I think a lot of the times the girls can also train for yeah. more years and yeah. longer than some guys can. Um, and sometimes the, you know, you can also factor in that sometimes the weights that the girls are hitting on their body are just different than what maybe the men are. <laughs> Silly ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, so maybe it's not taking the same toll on the body for a female athlete that it might do on a male athlete. But, uh, you know, all, you're right. A lot of our women are much older. Mm-hmm. A lot of our men are much younger. Um, but I still think that has to do with like the recruiting process. Yeah. I think it's easier probably for a youth male to be like, I want to go lift weights, um, maybe than a youth female, you know. And because I, I ran into that even with gymnastics, even though a lot of females, um, me when I was coaching gymnastics, a lot of females were very interested in gymnastics. It was a very popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an individual sport. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of socializing in it. And uh so I lost almost all of my females once they go to high school because then they just transition to cheerleading because uh, it's a group yeah. sport now and there's, you know, there, there's yeah. more community involved and all this kind of stuff. They're not just doing something, training on their own. And I think that can be a hard thing for a youth athlete because you're, a lot of times you're only in there, you're doing things for your own medals, your own lifts and all that kind of stuff. Even though there is a team dynamic, mm. it's still, yeah, it's still a pretty much an individual sport. And yeah. I think that's hard for a youth athlete to really like be like this is what I want to do, um, because it you're not there with a big group and you're not there with a big team. I'm curious how CrossFit like bec- I was. I think USAW posted this thing about maybe it was Masterly. I don't remember, but about how like half of the junior Pan Am team or junior world team was like CrossFitters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of them. They're yeah, like all sure. crossfitters. And so those technique, like, so these, ki- it, it seems kind of silly, but like, like Vic and I have a kid and our kid grows up around crossfit, around weightlifting. And then like, 
that isn't a, a merge from CrossFit, right? But that's still yeah. a kid coming up through the system. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because if you really think about sports, Olympic sports that the United States is dominant in, mm-hmm. uh, gymnastics, the girls, yeah. not about the boys. The guys are good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Swimming. Yeah. Um, like, we have really great youth programs Yeah. in those sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really what we need to try to develop, um, you know, and, and I'm bad about it because I obviously primarily run a senior team. Um, but what what's hard is the fact that we don't have school programs. Because mm-hmm. for me to make a living, I have to primarily be f- working with um, the market. The market right now is primarily adults. Mm-hmm. And so for me to run my gym, I have to primarily have a senior team. And, uh, and if I were to decide that I'm just going to be a youth coach, like I wouldn't be able to sustain my business that way. And so I think really the goal needs to be to try to start um, implementing these like into school programs yeah. and giving the options of learning the lifts and learning them from a proper coach and, and kind of introducing it that way and then letting the kid make their decision. But a lot of times they're not even introduced to, to snatch and clean and jerk. Maybe like the hang power clean, but probably from their like football, their football, yeah, <laughs> their football coach. That's more common now though than when I was growing up. Like we never yeah. did power. We never did cleans or anything like that when i was in high school we'd squat bench yeah yeah exactly it was more the power lifting movements than it was like the weightlifting movements yeah Yeah. but now but now they're doing more cleans i mean yeah yeah i think i think there's a lot more information out there now too to show um because we do have a lot more coaches and now we do have a lot more information that we can show that there's benefits to the power that you get from it and yeah and all that and so uh, i think People are more open to it. Um, you know, I would probably, if I had to, like, go do it all again, um, I think it would probably be a good suggestion to up-and-coming coaches to maybe getting some kind of teaching certification, um, hmm. you know, to where they can plug themselves into a school. This is a conversation I had with C.J. Del Basso, who ran uh, the Lone Star Weightlifting Club for a long time, and now he's in California. And uh, he said, and I was like, you've had a lot of success. He's been through, like, two or three schools now where he's had – uh, youth teams upwards of, you know, 25, 30 kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, how have you been able to approach that? And he, he was like, really, the best way to do it is to be part of the school already. It's yeah. like you have to be plugged in. You have to be around them on a daily basis. You have to be able to have a relationship with the other coaches and teachers and all that. Because if you're just an outsider being like, hey, uh, I think you're, you know, your school should be doing weightlifting, and, you know, they're going to be like, well, we don't, we don't need to be doing weightlifting. Yeah. You know, like, like you don't really have any pool. Um, he did make good suggestion, though, to uh, you could start volunteering. Yeah. So if you want to start getting connections to a school, start volunteering and work, you know, helping out the football games and, you know, the basketball games and stuff like that. Get around some of these kids and but start, really, start a relationship. But really, to be around kids that much, you gotta like kids. Yeah, I, c- I would. <laughs> I said if I could, if I could do it again, that's a lie because I wouldn't do that. Uh, I coached gymnastics for many, many years, and I did realize that I, I much further enjoy coaching uh, adults. adults. And so uh, my personality doesn't really um, do real well with that. Now, if I have a very mature kid yeah. that wants, you know, that's fine, but but I don't, I don't have much of the, the patience for that. Um, but there's some people out there that just do great with it. I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, you know, like I've seen Jake and Mary around those kids, mm-hmm. and they do an awesome job with it, and I'm like, y'all are 
much more patient than I am. And, and martial arts even is big with kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge with kids. I mean, that's, again, most of her clientele are, are young kids. And, uh, and that's the same thing with gymnastics, most of that clientele. Yeah. Like, I had to run my, my kids' programs and recreational programs so that I could work with my six or seven high-level gymnasts. Yeah. You know, and so, like, that mm. was it. But in weightlifting, it's the total opposite. It's all it's all seniors. It's all adults, or at least in my experience. And like, then maybe their kids show up. And exactly. And so then a lot of times the only reason kids get involved is because their parents did CrossFit or their parents did weightlifting, and they're like, I want my kid to learn some of this too. But, you know, but then, but then I'm also lacking in the fact that I don't have, like, a real good structured youth program. Yeah. For them. Like, I can do some one-on-ones with them, you know, but that's, like, the extent of it. So hmm. I've tried starting youth programs in the past, and but it's always like we get them in for a little while, but then soccer season starts up. Mm. We get them in for a little while, and then this comes up. You know, now it's summer break. And so it's really hard because there's not, like, a real good structure. So I think schools are, like, the way to go as far as, like, maybe yeah. offering something like that during an off-season of their main sport or something along those lines. It'd be really cool to set up, like, I was part of, uh, there's a gym in Allen, Texas, and they actually did sort of like a like an off-season training mm-hmm. that was mostly GPP with some lifts. Yeah. So you just get that early exposure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it was more off-season focused. So like after, you know, summer before football, whatever, so it would be seasonal, and then they would have kids roll through, do a cycle. Before they get bored, now their school s- sports starting, right? But then they get some exposure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, that's where CJ talks about his pool is from his uh, – basically his PE classes. Yeah. And in his PE classes, he also teaches some of the lifts and then he can kind of see who has potential <laughs> and then he can kind of pull from that. And so he's, <laughs> he's doing kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of doing like this, you know, GPP yeah. uh, PE class yeah. where he does teach some of the weightlifting movements plus they do, you know, all the other like exercises and then he can kind of get kind of filter out yeah. and then that's kind of like his recruiting process. That's awesome. I uh I hate to do this but it no, is it's all right. it is it's my anniversary no, today. No, no, no. And uh so I got to go put in some uh some wife time. <laughs> well, she deserves it. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does absolutely. You can tell Robin yeah, that yeah. we said, "Hey." Yeah, I will. We'll, uh, and, we'll uh, get together again and chat. Obviously, you and me yeah. could probably just chat about this stuff for oh, hours yeah. and hours. So we'll yeah, because now I'm like, time. well, how do I get kids? I know, I know, exactly. I'm like, if we had if we had the next two hours open, we could probably continue to talk about this. So I think it's something that we can circle back I on. Always wanted, I always want to I just want to grow the sport. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, how we we, do. and how we grow the sport and where they're coming from and... And, and like what you said, I don't think somebody needs to stop doing something else that they enjoy to be to do weightlifting too. Right. I think that's a big misconception. Like, I don't need people to... St- if they like CrossFit... <laughs> like it's obviously a very sensitive subject for Like, me. do CrossFit. Yeah. And... And then I will, and then we'll also do weightlifting. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that away from somebody because that's something that they enjoy and they excel at. And it's probably what brought them to weightlifting in the first place. Yeah. So I'm not going to say like that thing that you really loved that brought you to me. No, no, get rid of that and now do what I want you to do. Like, I think that's also, uh, you know, and in youth, like it's the same thing. They're probably not going to just weightlift. They're probably still going to do track and field. They're probably going to do. So that stuff is very, very doable. You just got to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. And I think, again, just exposure hopefully grows the sport and lets people know we're here and that we're not weird and we're cool and we're doing cool stuff and being strong is cool. Yeah. yeah. We're a little weird. 
Yeah, weightlifters are, <laughs> they're like nerds that picked up sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like <laughs> literally the nerdiest sport yeah, if there was one. Yeah, so everybody will fit Super in. Super into rules and regulations. Anyways, All right, um, cool. well, thanks for stopping by and I hope you have a great anniversary. Yeah, definitely. We'll chat again. Thanks. Bye. Later.